This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, aren't you glad, hallelujah, that his blood will never lose its power? Praise God. Well, he's risen. Okay, the, the appropriate response to that is, he is risen indeed. Okay, so let's try that again. He is risen. I said, he is risen. Absolutely, he has risen indeed. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it good? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Such a wonderful experience. The child of God, the believer, has to be able to rejoice annually in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what. Glory to God. It is our blessed hope. You know, there are a lot of folks in the world today, they're not living with hope. But thank God for the child of God, we've got all kinds of it. Glory to God. Even some to share. How about that? Amen? Well, again, I want to welcome you this morning. We're delighted that you could be with us. I believe i got a great message for you. We'll, we'll find out here in a few moments. <laughs> and, and, uh, but I believe it'll be a blessing to you. Praise God. So we just want to rejoice in the simple fact that you're here with us today. We know perhaps we've got family and friends and different ones that have come to be a part of the service And we're thankful for that. Praise God. Because I believe everybody ought to be in church, in a local church, on a Sunday. Amen. So, I think you're in the right place at the right time. And you know what? I believe that God has something for each and every one of us. Isn't it delightful to know that God knows exactly where you are? He knows exactly what it is that you need. And I tell you what, praise God, he is anxious to meet those needs. He's anxious to talk to you about those needs. He's anxious to provide for those needs. That is the God that we serve. Because after all, God is a good God. How many of you believe that this morning? Glory to God. Well, listen, this is what we're going to do. We're going to receive our offering. We have communion later on. If you didn't get one of the cups as you were entering into the sanctuary, uh, perhaps the ushers a little bit later will be able to provide you with those. But otherwise, we're going to take up an offering this morning, praise God. And I have to tell you, I had made out my check uh, for the offering earlier this week. And... um, and as I was preparing this morning, it's wild, man. I'm minding my own business just doing this thing, you know. All of a sudden, I hear the Spirit of God on the inside of me. It says, you know, it, could be, it would be good if you would just give an exceptional offering. You know, I thought, okay, uh, all right. And so <clears throat> I had to think about what that, how do you define an exceptional offering? And I think obviously that's, something that everybody has to decide for themselves. But in my case, at least, it was like, why don't you double up? And so, uh, you know, it's the first of the month. And this is when my wife and I give our tithes into the church. And usually that's a little bit more significant than, you know, maybe a regular church offering, you know, on a Wednesday night or something like that. So I said, sure, why not? So here, you can help me out on this. Um, So we have two checks, praise God. Now, I know a lot of you don't like checks, but that's all right. I do. Hallelujah. Now, you may be a cash person. How many, Corey Woods, God bless you, dude. So good. Man, he got some stuff going on there, don't you? 
Woodsy, him and my son Brian, they used to run uh, track together and hurdles and a great friend of our family and we love and appreciate him. We love and appreciate all of you, but he kind of stood out with us. I mean, stand up, would you, Woodsy? Check, check, check that thing out. Not everybody can do that, especially me. But anyway, where was I? I was taking up an offering. Um, so anyway, I would like to challenge you to do the same. And I don't know, again, what, how do you define that? If you're giving 20 and you want to give 40, hallelujah. But I would just encourage you, praise God, this morning. Let's honor the king. Let's worship the Lord in our giving. And let's, let's be the people, praise God, that rejoice in the goodness of God within our lives. So if you're giving cash, you can get a receipt by grabbing one of the offerings. You can also text to give. Most of you know how this all works. But let's, let's hold our offering up toward heaven or your device and let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We're grateful today that we have the privilege of being able to honor you with the first fruits of our increase. And you said, Father, that our barns would be filled with plenty. So, Father, I, wanna, I just want to thank you, Father, that as we move forward in this exceptional offering, then an exceptional blessing will also come our way because we reap what we sow. And so we just thank you, Father God, for your goodness in each and every one of our lives. I thank you for blessing every home, every family, every individual that's represented here today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. So go ahead, guys. There's some announcements we'd like for you to watch if you check out the screens. Welcome to Fellowship Church. It's so great to have you here on this Easter Sunday. If you are new, feel free to drop is coming up on April 10th. Kids in grades 2nd to 5th are invited to spend a night at Fellowship Church. An evening meal, tons of activities, inflatables, snacks and breakfast will be provided. The cost is $15 per child and you can sign up on myfc.info. On April 18th, we're having a fundraiser for kids going to camp. Parents, remember for your child to qualify for funds, they must sign up by April 11th, be available to complete their assigned tasks at lunch, and stay at the fundraiser until all tasks, including cleaning, are all complete. If you have any questions, have a word with Miss April. Take the night off from regular dinner plans and join us for a time of fellowship and food right before Wednesday service. This will happen on the 14th and the 28th of April. The meal begins at 5.45 and it's going to be a great time. Thanks again for joining us this morning and have a great week. Everybody stand up again. I know that you uh, just got set down, but I think we just ought to honor the King this morning. Praise God. Father in heaven, we thank you for this portion of our service. We're so grateful, Father God, for the Lamb's book of life. And that, Father God, that has been recorded and written in heaven of all those who made decisions to become followers of you. We rejoice, Father, in the salvation that was provided through the sacrifice of your son. Today we celebrate what it is that he did for us. We thank you, Father, for your resurrection power. Not only, Father, did he provide for our sin, but he gave us the enabling power to be able to live a life that would be pleasing and honorable to you. And so, Father God, we thank you for the life and the victory that we have in Christ Jesus today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. All right, you may be seated. And if you brought a Bible or maybe you use a device, 
Uh, you're welcome to open those with me to Matthew chapter 28. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 1. <clears throat> in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to, to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Hallelujah. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Let's just for a moment here, think about this imagery. I mean, you know, these two gals, this morning would have been, you know, in real time, this morning, probably before dawn on their way, you know, to go to the grave, and all of a sudden there's an earthquake. You know, we had an earthquake here a while back in Iowa. How many of you know we don't have those? How many of you felt that? Huh? Yeah, man, it was like, whoa. And, you know, the epicenter for it was clear down in Oklahoma City. Did you know that? Maybe you don't care. Well, anyway, we had an earthquake. Well, on this occasion, there was an earthquake. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I love the imagery of this angel having descended, rolled the stone away, and sat on it. I mean, to tell you, dude, I mean, you know, there's some swagger going on here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, he's sitting there. And you have to understand there were the uh, Roman soldiers that had been given charge to, you know, watch, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, grave so that somebody wouldn't come and take Jesus. And the Bible says that they, when they seen all of this, became as dead men. In other words, they passed out. Now, what's interesting about it is, is the girls didn't. So you could say these Roman soldiers were a bunch of weenies. <laughs> Are you listening to me? So he's sitting there. The, the, the soldiers pass out. And the women are standing there going, wow, this is different. <laughs> Notice what it goes on then to say. He sat upon it, verse 3. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, the ones that are still upright and conscious, he said, fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. He is not here, listen, for he is risen as he said. How many of you know Jesus said this would happen? Praise God, you can always tell when a prophet's a real one when it comes to pass. Huh? It goes on then to say, come and see the place where he lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher, as you would too, with fear and great joy. I don't know how you get that mix going, but I'm telling you, they had it. They didn't know what to think. And notice it goes on to say, with fear and great joy. And then notice it says, they did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them. Talk about a double whammy. 
Huh? They've got this supernatural encounter that, that, that takes place at the grave, and then all of a sudden, dude, and you've got to understand, these girls are running on pure adrenaline, okay? I mean, this wasn't like in their own strength. It was like, and on the way, they bump into Jesus. Glory to God. Notice what it says. That they went to tell them, and behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail, hallelujah. And they came and beheld him, or held him by the feet, and worshipped him. And then said Jesus to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brethren that they, uh, that they go into uh, Galilee, and there shall they see me. What a day, you guys that you and I get to celebrate. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're rejoicing in what took place over 2,000 years ago so that we could all join ourselves within the company of faith and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. God made that possible. God promised it would happen, and he has so fulfilled it Praise God. And within our day, again, we have the privilege to look back to this momentous, hallelujah, I mean extraordinary event where God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And he did it for you and he did it for me. Hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Glory to God. He made it happen. And so we, we celebrate <clears throat> this resurrection of Jesus. And, and the fact of the matter is, is that it is, you know, how many of you know, Jesus Christ is without question the hope of the world. There is no hope outside of him. Our hope is in God, not in the world, not in politics, not in whatever's being promised. No, our hope is in God. Hope in what it is that he said. Hope in what he said he would do in our day if we would believe him. How many believers do I have here this morning? How many of you aren't sure yet? Well, praise God. Hopefully by the time we get done, you will. You know, if you, if you don't know Christ, today's another day. There are people all over the world today that have no regard for what it is that you and I have gathered uh, to come together and to rejoice and celebrate in. They're doing whatever they do. I mean, they're, they're out, you know, who knows? Maybe they got a long weekend and they took off and they're on vacation or whatever. But no, no. Praise God for the child of God, the one, praise God, that has experienced the life-giving nature of God. We're coming together to celebrate his resurrection and rejoice in the goodness of our God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Now, you know, I really want to preach so you could help me. Come on. And it would be a blessing, I know that. But for them, it's another day. Another day that doesn't necessarily hold a lot of promise. Another day that perhaps doesn't have a lot of hope. You know, it's just another day. For some of them, it's just trying to cope. For some, you know, they're just trying to survive. For some, they're just trying to eke out some kind of happiness or whatever the case might be. But I'm telling you what, praise God, to know Jesus and to know that he's coming again and to rejoice in the promise of everlasting life. I'm telling you what, praise God, that's something to shout about. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Paul described those in Ephesus, and he was talking about their former life. You know, many of us, we've had former lives outside of Christ. He describes it this, this way. 
He says, in those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. You did not know the covenant of promises God made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Hmm. Aren't you glad this morning you don't have to live anymore without hope? Praise God. He's made it possible. You know, so that's the way it was for them. But for the child of God, you know, celebrating the resurrection only increases the hope that we can have in him. I tell you what, it, it, it needs to be like a, a, a marker, a milestone today. It's kind of like, hey, man, this is a reboot because, praise God, we're, we're looking back to what it is that he has done. So that we can rejoice in that today and look off into our future and know, praise God, our Redeemer lives. Glory to God. So we're not people living without hope, but rather, hallelujah, we've got a blessed hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the absolute integrity of God's Word. Because I think that's important, you know. <clears throat> um, and, <clears throat> excuse me, the reason that it's so important is, is because... It, it provides hope for our future. In other words, if God's word isn't true, then we are of all people most miserable. Isn't that right? But if, in fact, God's word is true, then I tell you what, we can get happy. Hallelujah. Like I said, we can rejoice and shout, praise God, the victory. And so <clears throat> turn with me to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Glory to God. Notice here, <clears throat> um, Paul was writing this letter to the church at Corinth, and evidently, somehow or another, now you're, you have to think about it, and that's the thing about this, you know, I mean, over time, the Bible has been written. The Bible says that holy men of old were moved by the Holy Ghost as they wrote or swept along. And so, what it is that we have in our, our laps here represents the, the, the word of a God that was given by men to you and I so that, praise God, we could know the truth and that truth could make us free. Hallelujah. So it's, it's something that has evolved over a period of time within the first century. And then, of course, praise God, you and I now here 21 centuries later, here we are being able, praise God, to, you know, let our beady little eyes... Look on the Word of God to find out the truth so that we can be free. Amen? So within the first century, you know, when the church was first being born, Paul, the Apostle Paul, you know, had went down to Corinth and they had preached the gospel there and people got saved. And so he writes this letter to them and he's talking to them. And already, already some things had crept into the church to give people reason for pause or perhaps to doubt or to say, you know, I don't know if this is really true, you know, and it had to do with, it was in regard to the resurrection. So let's read here real quickly in chapter 15, verse 1. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, uh, and wherein you stand. How many of you are standing today? Come on. That's what we stand in. Now notice it goes on to say, by which also you were saved or are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. 
For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen of, of Peter, and then of the twelve, and after that He was seen of a, a, above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remains unto this present, but some have fallen asleep as in death. And after that he was seen of James, and then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I am the least of all apostles that I may, or, uh, that am not right or able or whatever to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that is in me. Therefore, whether it were uh, I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there be no resurrection from the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is also in vain. Yes, and we are found to be false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. But if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and you're yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep, as again in death, in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now notice verse 20, because that's where the shouting starts. But now... Is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of those that slept? Glory to God. And so, you know, he points to the fact that the scriptures that they communicated to that group of people is what caused them to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then some uh, perhaps well-meaning, maybe not, maybe evil comes along and says, well, there really is no resurrection. And he just said, if there's no resurrection, then your faith is worthless, it's needless, and all of those other things that you could describe. But he went on to conclude, but now is Christ risen from the dead. Glory to God forevermore. And I'll prove that to you in a little bit more of a way here as we go down the road of life. But, <clears throat> you know, um, the integrity of his word Notice he says, according to the Scriptures, according to the Scriptures. You know, it doesn't really matter what anybody thinks about it. It really doesn't matter what human beings decide they're going to believe. The only thing that really matters is what it is that he said and what it is he has done. Hallelujah. The proof of the pudding's in the eating. He said he will rise again, and guess what? That's exactly what happened. Hallelujah. Now, so, you know, when we talk about integrity, by definition, it means an incorruptibility. I'm talking about his word. Why? Because that's where our faith, the foundation of our faith, is established upon the integrity of God's living word. Why do I live my life the way I do? Because I believe the Bible. 
Why do, I, why do I put off all of the other things in order to please God or please my heavenly? Because I believe the Bible. Why is it that you do what you do? Because hopefully you believe the Bible. Are you listening to me? Because God's living word is so absolutely true. And it, its integrity stands forever. So by definition, to have integrity means to have incorruptibility. An unimpaired condition, soundness, the quality or the state of being complete or undivided, or again, completeness. You know, Jesus told his disciples that this was going to happen. You remember that, don't you? All of the writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all tell us they have a record that Jesus told them, I'll rise again. Matter of fact, even the scribes, the Pharisees, and all of his enemies said, you know, that guy said that this was going to happen, so let's post, you know, these soldiers out there so that they can't, you know, put together some kind of a uh, thing that says that he did. That's why they did it. He said he would rise again. And guess what? He did. And not only did Jesus say it, but, you know, to him give all the prophets witness. They talked about the coming of a Messiah. They talked about the sacrifice that he would make. I'm telling you, Isaiah has outstanding clarity in the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ and what it is that he did. All of the prophets bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, if you don't believe the word, well, then you're in no man's land. And that's why I'm telling you that you have to believe within the integrity or upon the integrity of God's living word. And when you do, then comes faith. When you do, then comes change. When you do, then comes transformation. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. I can, I can. do all things, do all things. Through, Christ through Christ who strengthens me. He's the one that makes it possible for you and I to live the abundant kind of life that Jesus came to give us. But they said he would be born of a virgin, and guess what he was? They said that he would be betrayed for 30 uh, pieces of silver. Guess what? He was. They said that his disciples would forsake him. You know, the Bible says that the shepherd would be smitten and the sheep would scatter. He told them ahead of time. They said, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. You know, Peter, you know, <laughs> bodacious Peter. Even though everybody else is leaving, baby, I'm with you. Now, he did, he did show up there at the Gethsemane with a sword. He said, it's go time, guys, come on. Jesus said, that's not the way this is going to work. But eventually, before it was all over with, he says, I don't know him. Can you imagine for three different, on three different occasions, he said, I don't know him. Let's never be found to be in denial. I said, child of God, believer, let's never be found in a place of denial. Are you listening to me? You know, when he heard that rooster crow, the Bible says he wept bitterly because Jesus told him that it would happen. I mean, if you know that what Jesus says is true, amen. And so we, we see that in the scriptures, how the disciples forsook him. And like I said, the graphic description of his crucifixion and humiliation in the book of Isaiah. All of it was foretold. All of it came to pass. Just like that angel that sat there on that stone and said, as 
he said. Listen, you can go to the bank on what Jesus said. I said you can go to the bank with what it is that he has said. You say, yeah, but my circumstances are this, and, you know, I've tried that, and, you know, they said believe this and whatever, and it didn't work. Well, I don't know all the ins and outs of your circumstance, but I'm telling you this much about it. God is faithful, and he's true to his word. And we may have to, you know, sort through some different things, praise God. And, you know, you have to, you know, for example, you know, for us in our generation, you know, you can ask yourself the question, why, why do we know that the resurrection is real? And I'll tell you exactly why. Because people's lives have been changed. Changed in a way that only God can do. By bringing a new nature into the heart of a person, making them a new creation so that old things pass away and all things become new. Hallelujah. Because that is what causes us to know that our Redeemer lives. The resurrection power of God in the life of a believer. Glory to God. And you know, that's why, you know, when Paul was writing, he said, stir up, stir up, stir up, stir up the gift of God. We were just talking. We had our we had our Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving. We had our <clears throat> Easter get together yesterday, and in the conversation, they were talking about a study that was done. Was this back in the eighties? Yeah, something like that. There was a study done. This doctor, you know, put this thing together, and what he did is he had moms with their babies, and put them in a room. And, and, and these mothers, you know, would, would be very uh, demonstrative, uh, you know, happy, uh, joyful. I mean, making, you know, positive kinds of responses to the child. And the child would just, you know, I mean, jump right in. I mean, jump right in. Hey, man, I'm all about this. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Well, so as they did this, the response was always the same. When mom was happy, the child would respond in the same kind of way. Well, so then what they did is they asked these mothers to go into that same room with their child and be expressionless. Don't do anything. Just, just sit there, be expressionless. So what did the, how did the child respond? The child began, first of all, by just being the same way it was, happy. You know, come on, you know, this is great. But there wasn't the response from the mother. She was just expressionless. So the child went from being happy to being not angry. What was the next one? Agitated. It's like, come on, man. Come on. Let's get happy here. No response whatsoever. So then that child went from being happy to uh, agitated to angry because mom wasn't, you know, responding. And so was there, and then, and then finally, the child did the same thing as the mother, expressionless. And then the mother said, I couldn't take it any longer. So she went like this, and the child, boom, right back into it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Why am I sharing that with you? Because I'll tell you what, praise God, the Bible says that you ought to always be ready. Everybody say ready. You ought to be ready to be able to give a reason for the hope that is within you. I know there's all kinds of crap going on in the world. That's not a good word, but you, you got it. But I'm telling you what, my friends, praise God, you are a child of the living God. 
And we walk around now with all these expressionless things on us. You know, that, that, that'd be a bummer in and of itself. You know, don't you like to cheat once in a while and just go, Huh? God didn't create us to be expressionless. A lot of times people come to our church and they'll go, wow, man, wow, I ain't never seen nothing like that before. And that music, whoa. You know, I remember the first time I went to a full gospel church in Omaha, Nebraska, and people started raising their hands. I'm standing there, you know, we're worshiping God and all that, or, you know, singing. And all of a sudden, these people start raising their hands. I'm going, holy cow, what? Yeah, where am I? How many of you ever felt like that? You know, what's this all about? Well, you know, when you read the Bible, it says lift up holy hands. It talks about shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. And so there may be an expression of worship in certain services or local churches, you know, that you're not familiar with. But I tell you what, praise God, it's in the Bible. And you know, I tell you what, we got something to shout about. You ought to be glad. You ought to be able to rejoice. I mean, you can't rejoice out there. My God, don't rejoice out there. Whatever you do, don't rejoice out there. Just kind of walk around like a zombie, do your stuff, and then get out of here. So you can get in your car and start rejoicing again. Glory to God. Are you listening to me? Well, anyway, enough about all that. Probably get in trouble. A P.O. Box 195, <laughs> Oakland, Iowa. Praise God. So why, again, is the integrity of God's Word so important? Well, Jesus you know, he made some other promises. He said, I'm going to rise again. And he did. But then he made some other promises. Would you be interested in some of those? Huh? Would you like to know some other promises that he has made? You really do want to know. Trust me. Because I'll tell you what, it'll make your day. He said this. It says that when Jesus, this, he's talking to his disciples. This is in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. When he had spoken these things... While they, the disciples, beheld, he was taken up. Everybody say, taken up. Everybody say, I'm going up. Yeah, we're going up. We're not going down. We're going up. Hallelujah. He was, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Here come the angels again. Come on. Which also said, you men of Galilee, why do you stand ye? Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, glory to God, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner. Guess what? He's coming again, everybody, as you've seen go into heaven. He said in another place, let, your, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. And I'm going to prepare a place for you. Woo! Glory to God. I tell you, when God does stuff, He does it great. He does it grand. I mean, it's something like out of this world, quite literally. Amen. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, now get this, if I go, what's the next words? I will, what? Come again. If I go, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. Hallelujah, that you may be where I am also. 
And then the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, So Christ was once offered up to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him. How many of you are looking for him? How many of you are looking for him? How many of you look for your check in the mail? Huh? Did you look for your check in the mail? You know, about crashes, the, ba- the bank's websites, because everybody's looking. Is it there? Is it there? Is it there? Well, the Bible says to those that look for him, is he going to appear a second time? Woo! Glory to God. Without sin or not for the purpose of sin. He already did that. But he's coming for our salvation. The fullness of the salvation of every child of God. Everybody say it together. He's coming again. again. Woo! Everybody say, I'm watching. watching. Everybody say, I'm looking. Because he's coming again. Amen. Glory to God. And then the Bible says this in 2 Peter chapter 3. It says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent. Listen, be diligent. I said, be diligent that you may be found of him. How? What? Come on, you can talk. It's all right. Are you reading? May be found of him in peace. Not agitated. Not worried. Not mad. Not cynical. Not, you know, judgmental, but found of him in peace. So the praise God, when he shows up, you can say, Oh, Jesus, I've been looking for you. I've been waiting for you. You know, the world, they're not waiting for anything. Because they don't even know that anything's coming. Did you hear me? And I'm talking about that not just in, you know, the sinner's camp. I'm talking about a lot of Christians. You know, their life is in the tank, and because they've forsaken him. Can I, you know, there's no other way to say it. They've walked off into the shadows. I'm telling you, now is not the time to be walking the wrong direction. We need to be walking in the direction of pursuing him with all of our lives. Because I'll tell you what, praise God, he is coming again. Now, you could be the, the cynical guy. You could be, you know, the critical guy. You could say, well, where is the sign of his coming? That's what Peter wrote. People will say, where is the sign? You know, everything, it continues on as it's always been. Well, I tell you what, praise God, the Bible says his coming is going to be like a thief in the night. Jesus talked about if we had known when the thief would come, we would have watched So I don't know, maybe, you know, we're going to live out the full length of our days here, you know, and maybe he doesn't show up yet, but I tell you what, I'm not going to be caught with my britches down. I'm going to be ready. Hallelujah. You say, well, what's that look like? Serving God, living for God, behaving like I'm supposed to. Hallelujah. Honoring him, glorifying him, telling the world about Jesus. That's what I'm going to be doing. Amen. Because praise God. His arrival is is soon. You know, the same word that brought the fulfillment of his coming, his first coming, is it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna bring about the fulfillment of his second. He said, I'm coming again. If I go, I'm coming again. Every time Jesus ever said anything, it was always true. Every time. Not one word of what Jesus said 
ever fails. And so that's why the absolute, you can bank on the integrity of God's living word because it's true. What does the devil try to do? He tries to discredit the word of God. He tries to tell people, oh, no, you don't have to do that. Oh, no, you don't have to live this way. Oh, no, you can do whatever you want, you know. By the way, you know, because of God's grace, you know, you can live however you want to live. You know, Paul, he addressed that. He said, are we supposed to continue in sin that grace might abound? He said, God forbid. He said, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Grace is not a license for you to sin. Are you listening to me? But that's being preached in evangelicalism. And I got to tell you, my friends, it's error. It is a doctrine of the devil, and it'll cause great damage in your life. How many of you know sin has with it a consequence? And it causes huge problems in people's lives. So I don't know about you. I just think, you know, maybe we ought to believe the Bible. Amen. Why don't we just believe what Jesus said? Praise God and live and walk in the light of that. Glory to God. So, you know, the, the, the integrity of God's word gives us a blessed hope regarding our future. How many of you are excited about your future? Maybe you're a little more excited now than when you came to church. You know, this preacher might have it. He may have an idea here. You know, this, this whole thing, you know, about Jesus coming again, that's good news. How many of you know we got good news? We ain't got no bad news. We got good news. He's coming again. But here's the question, you know, are you a part of that blessed hope? Are you a part of that blessed hope? As, a, as an individual, do you know Christ personally? I'm not talking about somebody else's faith. I'm not talking about your mama or your grandma's faith. I'm talking about yours. Do you know him? You know, uh, <clears throat> have you really committed to a, uh, your life to be a follower of him? A lot of people, they, you know, they put on a show. Huh? They got a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Are you with me? Hope you're not one of those people because this is really, you know, funky. I used to be that way. You know, well, actually, no, I never, I never was. I was never, no, no. No, I wasn't religious at all. I was just a rank sinner. You know, some of them are that way. Some of us were that way. But then there's these others, you know, with all their pomp and circumstance, and I'm a pretty good person, you know, and, you know, they got this modern moralism, you know, that I'm, you know, basically a good guy. I don't care how good you are. If you don't know Jesus, you're not going to make heaven. If you haven't surrendered your heart to him, you're not going to heaven. And people need to tell you the truth. You know, it's not, it's not based on your, your, your self-proclaimed goodness. You know, that'd be great, but that's not the way it works. You know, some people, you know, when they'll see a rank sinner get saved, they'll go, how could God ever forgive a person like that? Quite easily, as a matter of fact. Are you listening to me? So people are in different places. Where are you? That's all I'm asking. You know, do you know this Savior that we call Jesus? Are you committed to him as a follower? Do you have the insurance that if you die physically, heaven will be your home? You know... Can, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. The Bible says, you can. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I ask you this morning, it's an important question. Have you called on him? Because praise God. You know, here's the thing, you guys. You've got to understand. Easter, this, this today, 
is it's not some religious observance. I mean, we do gather and, you know, all of that and praise God for it. But I tell you, the resurrection is a present tense reality that, that, can, that can bring new life to you if you don't know him. You know, I tell you, glory to God, Jesus is Lord and he is king and he loves you. Look with me. If you have a Bible there, let's, let's turn one more time because I know I'm, I'm reaching the threshold of people's comprehension. You say, how do you know that? Oh, I just know. <laughs> you know, sometimes you keep people for a while and pretty soon they're going, you know what? Um, uh, I'm choking here, you know, I'm done. So we'll bring this to a close. Look at this verse of Scripture with me. 1 Peter chapter 3, or no, I'm sorry, 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. How many of you glad you came to church today? Amen. Glory to God. Look at this verse with me in 1 Peter and chapter 1. And let's, let's read with, uh, let's begin with verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, amen. Praise God. Just reading that blesses me. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, glory to God, cho chose us or caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable. Everybody say, Yahoo! You got, a, you got an inheritance. Hey, hey! I said you got an inheritance that is what was that word? Imperishable. Get excited. Yeah, there you go. Well, I never thought about that before. You know, in the natural, when people have an inheritance coming, they, they usually, uh, you know, they, they, there's, there's a little bit of a difference in their, their whole cadence, you know? And it's usually up, not down, okay? Somebody's going to give you something. I mean, don't, how many of you get excited? Huh? I watched my grandkids last, yesterday, and they were out there, you know, all over the place. We got all these eggs hidden, and there's money in it and everything like that. They get excited, okay? So he says in this verse of Scripture that he has begotten us or, or caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for the salvation that is ready to be revealed, glory to God, in the last time. Everybody say, living hope. I have a living hope. Yeah, you got a living hope. So lest you be discouraged while you're waiting. We're waiting. He said, I'm coming again. Lest you be discouraged while you're waiting. Listen, God has not left you without aid. You know, sometimes the devil will take you off in a corner, put his arm around you, start talking to you about how bad you got it and how you know this, that, and the other, and whatever, you know, and pretty soon, you know, you just want to go over in a corner someplace and sit because you're bummed. Huh? Listen to me. God doesn't want you to be bummed. I can tell you this much about it, because first of all, if you're sitting over there with him, all he's doing is lying to you anyway. Are you listening to me? God hasn't left you without aid while you're waiting. Hey, everybody say it together. I've got it. 
yeah. You say, well, what have I got? I'm just about to tell you. Hang on. But you know, you're not without aid. You're not without help. Praise God. He's given you hope. Come on, we already talked about that, didn't he? You know, hope for your future. He's given you faith for today. I'd really like a better response than that if I could get one. He's given you faith. The Bible says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our faith. He gave you faith. And then it goes on to say, Who is he that overcomes the world but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? He's given you the Holy Ghost. Woo! Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Ghost. He said, you wait here because the promise is coming. And guess what? It came. Woo! How many of you know God tells you the truth? Jesus tells us the truth. He said, he said I'll pray the Father. And he's going to give you another comforter. Hallelujah. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive or accept because it doesn't seem or know him. But you know him. You know him. For he dwells with you. Guess what? He's going to be in you. Everybody say hallelujah. He's going to be in you. Woo. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Shout about it. Come on. Hallelujah. So he's giving you the Holy Ghost. He's giving you victory. Come on. Listen. The Bible says the strength of sin is death. Or I mean the sting of, the sting of death is sin. I'll get it. Just wait. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Everybody say, I got it. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. People, you know, I, I watched, I played in athletics. You know, when you win, you're pretty excited. You know, you don't see after, like with the, with the uh, NCAA going on right now, you can see what happens to the losing team, and you can see what happens to the winning team. Huh? Wasn't it, uh, was it Baylor that beat Houston last night? Huh? Yeah. Unsuspecting. Guess what? I guarantee you, Baylor is happy. (laughs) Playing in the championship, baby. How many of you know it's, it's a whole lot more fun to win than to lose? And I tell you what, Jesus is the one who wants to make a winner out of every one of us. Wants to make a winner out of you. Glory to God forevermore. And as I bring this to a close, I haven't read the rest of the scripture, though. You know, the whole... You know, um, sting of death, being sin. Therefore, it says, but thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, therefore, everybody say therefore. Therefore, therefore my beloved brethren, what, 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 what are we supposed to do because he gave us the victory? He said, be ye steadfast, be ye unmovable, be ye the person who's always abounding in the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is never, ever going to be in vain in Him. Woo! Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah! Everybody say, He's given us the victory. Yeah, He's given us the victory. And then finally, I'd, I'd like to expound on that, but we're done. He's given you peace. I'm telling you, praise God, while you're waiting, there's a lot of things that you have while you're waiting. 
He's given you hope. He's given you faith. He's given you, you know, the Holy Ghost. He's given you uh, a victory. He's given you peace. You know, people say, well, what do I got to rejoice about? All kinds of stuff, child of God. All kinds of stuff. Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace give I unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be a troubled. Hallelujah. You say, can you do that? Why not? Neither let it be afraid. That's a choice, isn't it? Yeah, but have you read the news lately? No, as a matter of fact, I haven't. Have you listened to the television lately? No, as a matter of fact, I haven't. Why? Because there's no good news. It's a lie. The, the media is full, full of lies. Absolutely full of them. Are you listening to me? So you're not going to get your joy from them? <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. Dude, if you're going to baptize and immerse and soak yourself in that stuff, you are not going to be a happy person. Okay? Well, thank God we don't have to do that. Well, anyway, to conclude, listen, now's not the time to draw back, folks. Now's the time to pursue. Now's the time to move forward in, in, with regard to God and His promises. It's time to lean in. It's time to believe again. Maybe some of you, you know, you, you put your faith on a shelf someplace because this or that didn't go right or somebody, you know, mistreated you or they caused you to be offended or whatever. Man, get it back off the shelf and put it back into your life and begin to use what it is that God has given to you. You know, don't, don't park by offenses. I mean, you know, Jesus said offenses are going to come, but you know what? Praise God, you're bigger than that. You can rise above whatever it is that's happened. You can move on in your life and have what it is that God wants for you. <clears throat> you know, people, we all experience setbacks. There in one, I guarantee you every person sitting in this room, the one next to you or whatever, we've all experienced setbacks within our lives. But I tell you what, you can take that setback and you can turn it into a stepping stone. I tell you what, you can move up. You can go in a different direction. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes people are disillusioned, you know, in, in, in failed attempts, you know, in their pursuit of God. I, you know, all of us have. Some years ago, I mean, seven, eight years ago, we were going to move to Council Bluffs and start a second satellite deal. And dude, everything just collapsed right out from underneath us. And I tell you what, I was so disillusioned by that. I said, God, what is going on here, man? I mean, we're endeavoring to obey you. How many of you have ever done that before? But it didn't turn out the way you planned it. Come on. But you know what? God hasn't changed his mind. He still has good things in store for you. He said, I'm going to prosper you, not harm you. I'm going to give you hope and a future. Glory to God. So what do you do? Well, you pick up your bootstraps, you get yourself back together again, and you keep walking. You don't want to miss out on what it is that God has for you. What about you, that person here today that maybe... You know, you know, you just didn't know him, but you want to know him. I'm telling you, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. And for those of you that are disillusioned, listen to me. I'm telling you what, let this be a defining moment in your life. Let today be the day when you, you drive a stake in the ground and say, we're not staying here anymore. We're not staying by the disappointment, the discouragement, the disillusionment. You think about those two women when they watched their Savior die on that cross. And they went out there that next morning because they were going to finish what they were unable to do because of the Passover and things of that nature. 
you know, think about how discouraged and disillusioned they were until they got there, until they seen, until there was a declaration made, until Jesus manifested himself in their lives. Are you listening to me? You know, I mean, Mary, I mean, she was, the two men on the road to uh, Emmaus, they're, they're walking like this. You know, it's about seven, eight miles, I think, from Jerusalem back to Emmaus. They're walking along. Jesus comes strolling up beside him. I mean, it's just like him. You know, he just kind of, you know, rolls in there next to him, you know, and he's listening to their conversation. He says, what are you guys talking about? They said, man, dude, are you a stranger? What's going on? You don't even know what's going on? And so they rehearsed this whole thing, you know, and Jesus going, really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh. You know? Oh, yeah, you know, and, and we, we hoped, you know, that, that he was going to be our redeemer. And then the Bible says, he said, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. And he went back to the beginning and began to tell them all of the things that the prophets said about his coming, his dying, and his being raised from the dead. And when it was all over with and he disappeared, they said, did not our hearts burn within us as he shared with us the truth along the way? Listen, I'm telling you guys, God's living word is true. He's coming again. And it ought to be our pursuit, child of God, it ought to be your pursuit to live hot for him right now. You know what I mean by that? Don't be pussyfooting around. Don't be playing around with sin. Get it out of your life. It, you know, you say, well, it's my life. I can do it. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but I'm telling you what, there's an inheritance that's waiting for you. Huh? You say, well, does that mean that he won't give it to me? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. Wouldn't it be a whole lot better? Wouldn't it be so much more pleasurable to be able to say that I put away all that stuff in this life so that I can enjoy this next life? Huh? Thank God we won't, we won't have to be ashamed. Are you listening to me? Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Hallelujah. Father, we're so grateful to you and for your blessing in our lives. We thank you for everything that you have spoken, all that you've promised us. Father, we thank you for the privilege of moving from discouragement or disillusionment within our lives. That God, you've made it possible for us to be able to have faith in you. And as a matter of choice, as a matter of believing, Father, our lives can be changed. They can be altered. It comes as a result of our making decisions within our hearts, even today, about the direction of our lives and how we're going to live. God, I pray that those that are here within the sound of my voice, even those that are watching by internet, that God, that they would look, <laughs> look to the promises that you have made. Look to the scriptures that have been provided for them and believe in what it is that you've said. God, I pray for those that perhaps came today discouraged, came today, Father, with some form of disillusionment where their life is concerned. Oh, God, let, let new hope spring up within them. May they be revived, Father, within their heart about what it is that you want to do. I pray, Father, for those that are here and even watching uh, by internet that may not have a relationship with you, Father. I pray for them. God, help them to see there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun. 
Help them to know, Father, that you love them unconditionally and that if they'll just come to you, Father, that they can be saved, they can be born again, they can receive new life. And Father God, they can experience the same hope that so many others have come to experience in their lives. That's my prayer, Father. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around, I want to pray for you. I want this to be a defining moment in your life for those that have been discouraged, those that somehow have just lived disillusioned with life or their relationship with God or whatever it is that you've maybe had a hope for, but somehow it doesn't seem real to you today. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. Say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me because, praise God, I want to have a new hope in my life. Can I see your hand? Anywhere as I look. Praise God. Thank you. God bless you. Praise God. Thank you. Maybe there's those of you that are here and you've never asked Christ to come into your heart. Be the Lord of your life. You know, I tell you, there is a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. Jesus, he is coming again. And for those that know him, praise God, it's going to be a day of rejoicing. But for those who do not, it's going to be a day of fear. So if you're here this morning, you've never made that decision. You've never made a commitment to him. You'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I want to know him. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here this morning? Just slip your hand up wherever you're at. Praise God. We're not here to embarrass you. Praise God. We're here to help you. Anyone at all. You've never asked Christ to come into your heart. Be the Lord of your life. Maybe there are those that are watching by internet and you've never made a decision. The Bible again says today is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. Anyone before we pray? Thank you, Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Pray this prayer with me, church. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I thank you for this blessed hope that is mine to enjoy. Today is a decision of my heart. I take that hope and I place it within me. Thank you, Lord, for giving me new life, for giving me faith, for giving me victory. Praise God. Thank you, Father, for giving me everything I need. I thank you for your blessing in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. Amen. Praise God. All right, the ushers.